Are you a man to enjoy an irony, Marcus Aurelius? Coming up on Philosophy Talk, the philosophy of Marcus Aurelius. Roman emperor, stoic philosopher, author of The Meditations. Think of all you have read and pondered over the years. It would be great to live a stoic life, but do you have to be an emperor to pull it off? I want to accept the things I can't change and change the things I can, but how can I know the difference? First principles, Clarice, simplicity. Read Marcus Aurelius of each particular thing, ask what is it in itself? What particular thing is good? What action is actually the virtuous action? That's the hard part. Our guest is Rachna Komtikar from Cornell University. You knew Marcus Aurelius? I did not say I knew him, I said he touched me on the shoulder once. The Philosophy of Marcus Aurelius. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. What can we learn from the Stoics about living a good life? Could we ever stop caring about pain, suffering, and death? Would we even want to? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Josh Landy. And I'm Ray Briggs. We're coming to you via the studios of KALW San Francisco Bay Area. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ray teaches philosophy and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today, we're thinking about the Stoic philosophy of Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius, he was that rare thing. A Roman emperor was actually a decent philosopher. Yeah, his meditations are full of smart ideas about how to live a better life. And they're pretty radical ideas too. Like he thinks you should be cool, calm, and collected even if you're being eaten by a lion. That's a pretty surprising view. What's the argument supposed to be? Well, obviously, we'd prefer to be alive and uneaten by a lion. But at the end of the day, (laughs) there's only one thing that's really good for us, and that's virtue. And there's only one thing that's really bad for us, and that's vice. Everything else is irrelevant. Okay, let me see if I'm getting Marcus Aurelius right. So, So the only thing that matters is being good, Getting eaten by a lion, not getting eaten by a lion, that kind of thing makes no difference. I mean, that kind of sounds a lot easier said than done. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Whistle, always look on the bright side of life while being mangled by a puma? No, look, all you have to do is change the way that you think about the stuff that happens to you. You're a literature guy. You remember that thing Hamlet said. There's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So when you're in the lion's mouth, just remember, you're not really being harmed. You just not need to stop being so emotional and start using your reason instead. What do you mean I'm not really being harmed? My leg's getting chewed off by a vicious animal. Isn't it rational for me to be less than entirely enthusiastic? Okay, obviously you'd prefer not to get eaten, but it's not what's really important. It's, It's just your body. But I like having legs. Yeah, but if you get too obsessed with your body, it can really ruin your life. I mean, think of all those people making themselves miserable worrying that they're too fat or losing their hair or getting wrinkles. Marcus Aurelius would say that the health of the soul is way more important than the health of the body. And whatever is good for your soul is good for you. Okay, so let's say your friend's about to be stabbed and you jump in the way. Are are you saying that losing your life like that would be good for you? Yes, what could be more virtuous and heroic than that? It just sounds like it's a bit of a tall order for most of us. Maybe, but imagine if you could really get into that mindset. I mean, you could stop being afraid of death. You wouldn't be so distraught when things went badly for you or when your family members died. 
Yeah, but see, that's my problem with Marcus Aurelius. I mean, don't you think you should be sad when family members die? Plus, if you if you never feel sad about anything, you'll you'll never feel happy about anything. I mean, don't make me stop caring about Liverpool winning the league. <laughs> You're just deluded about what real happiness is. Your reaction to Liverpool winning? That's fake happiness. Marcus says the true joy of living comes from doing good deeds. Once you get this, you'll be happier. And you'll make the world a better place. Well, that's one way to make the world a better place, but I don't know if it's the best one. Like, wh why be all stoical about things instead of getting angry at injustice? Th think about the suffragette movement. Those women didn't just stoically accept the status quo. They got mad and did something about it. Anger is a great motivator. Well, sure, but there are other ways, too. Imagine if you could get everyone onto the streets in a spirit of calm reason. They'd still get stuff done, but they'd be happier while doing it. Now that's an interesting thought, Ray. I can't wait to hear what our guest says about it. It's Rachna Kamtakar from Cornell. She's an expert on ancient philosophy and has written about Marcus Aurelius. Marcus wrote the meditations as a way to apply stoic ideas to his own life, but his works are still relevant today. So we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shireen Adel, to find some surprising places where stoicism pops up. She files this report. I remember hearing about stoicism when I was a teenager. When I would have, let's say, an over-the-top emotional reaction to something. I hate you! An adult might tell me I should be more stoic. So you can imagine my surprise when I started looking at where stoicism has gained a following in today's world. I wound up down an alt-right rabbit hole. Specifically with the Stoics, they misread what the philosophers believed and take their writings to mean that men should be macho and that society should be dominated by strong, silent men. That's James Risen, the senior national security correspondent for The Intercept. He reported on how one of the participants in the January 6th Capitol riot, a Marine, wrote his college thesis on Epictetus, a popular Greek Stoic. I don't know that that led him to this, but it's an interesting coincidence. To Ryzen, the alt-right interpretation of Stoicism is a completely distorted view of what it was really about. How they jump from a silent acceptance of exterior factors in life to thinking that just we are strong and silent, we're going to take action and overturn the world. I mean, it's a complete misreading of Stoicism. Dr. Kim Diaz agrees. She's a philosophy and mindfulness instructor at El Paso Community College. She says the connection is lost on her. I don't see how they're getting it because Stoicism is a very communal type of philosophy where we are one with the logos. We are one with the universe. In far-right politics, she sees the individual placed above the community. But for the Stoics, it was about living in harmony with nature and community. If you read Marcus Aurelius, there is so much about working together. Like he has a lot of examples about the jaws. Not one jaw or not one eyelid decides to do its own thing, independent of the whole organism. Diaz actually got into Stoicism when she was researching the philosophy behind cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT. It's the most evidence-based psychotherapy, and its ties to Stoicism are widely known. So while some on the alt-right are appropriating the Stoics, 
there's a long history of CBT practitioners drawing from them. It's the human condition, right? So they might not have had social media back then, but they were still worried about the same, the same problems that we humans have always. Do people like me? <laughs> you know? The Stoics weren't just about being strong and silent. They were about awareness and acceptance. They draw this very sharp line between some things are out of our control and some things are within our control. Out of our control is our body, our reputation, our property, money. But the things that we can control are the way we think, the way we feel. The Stoics don't say that we control our thoughts and feelings by suppressing them. But when we start to notice them, we can change the outcome. Sometimes our emotions can get out of hand where they undermine our happiness, right? And so that's what they're targeting. And that's what CBT is about too. The idea is that what we're thinking affects how we feel and what we feel affects what we do. In CBT and Stoicism, Diaz says it's all about slowing down and practicing mindfulness. And she emphasizes it is a practice. You have to do it every day. If you're too busy to meditate 20 minutes twice a day, then you're just too busy. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Shireen Adel. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.